Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm your host, KJ, and welcome to Catalyst Conversation with yours truly. Today's guest is another student leader who is leading the charge to showcase cuts towards student financial aid within New Brunswick. He is a university student, an advocate, and the president of the UNB Student Union. This is his first year within student politics, and he is starting with a swing. So ladies and gentlemen, thems and theys, I would like to welcome Craig to our show. Alrighty, so we're here with Craig. Thanks for coming, Craig. Thanks for having me, KJ. I'm super excited to have you on the pod. Um, last week, we had Yana, uh, who's our chair of the MBSA, and now we have you, uh, and you are on the board of the MBSA, and you also have like this title of president of... Something like that of uh, the UMBSU. So like, tell me a little bit about your journey into student politics. Like what, walk us through a day in the life of, of Craig. A day in the life, like now or how I got there? How, how about we, how be, no, yeah, that's actually good. How, how did we get there? Okay, um, I guess we'll start at UMB and maybe venture further into the past. Okay. A little bit later on. Okay, okay. That? Okay, um, yeah, so I guess coming to UMB um, out of a very small town, um, weren't many opportunities to get involved um, in, in leadership or volunteering um, capacities in, uh, in my hometown, um, but came to UMB, was in the Renaissance College program, um, the, the leadership studies program at mm-hmm. UMB. Um, was kind of seeing the impact that community-based leadership could have on the change that you could make, especially at the university. So I started just really applying for everything. And I okay. built a, a really strong network of, of just awesome other student leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, had some great mentors a few years older than me, and I really aspired to be like them. And a number of them were involved um, okay. in the student union. Um, Herbert Bempa, past student union president, uh, yes, comes to yes, mind. Yes, yes, um, yes. Someone that I looked up to and was like, wow, like this guy's making change. I could be like that someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just kept getting involved. Um, and then around February of this year, okay. um, elections were coming up, and, and some people had put it in my head um, throughout <laughs> the months before that potentially I... Uh, could be fit for the president job. Okay. Um, I initially said no. I initially didn't want to run. Um, I didn't see myself in the job. I didn't think I'd be. So why what why did you think that? Um, I don't know. I guess insecurity maybe. Okay. Questioning okay. myself. I knew it was a huge role, unlike anything I've ever taken on. Um, and I hadn't been an executive before. From okay. What I'd seen um, presidents always start off in executive roles, like a VP role, and then moved into the president role. So. Yeah, I kind of said a few times like it's not for me. It's not for me. But people kept asking. Um, kept seeing if I was interested and. I started to take it a bit more seriously and okay. spoke a lot with uh, with last year's president Richard about okay. I guess the possibility of, of me being the president of the UMBSU. So okay. then I uh, yeah put my name on the ballot and campaign and here I am. Okay, so when people look at student unions, they they pretty much see I, I call student unions icebergs because you only see like thirty percent of uh-huh. the, the true stuff that student unions do. So. What does this organization do? Like, what type of stuff that is encompassed in the UMBSU? Right. I get this question a lot mm-hmm. um, from students, faculty, um, people that aren't involved in the university community at all. So I, I try to condense it into a very quick, quick okay. little pitch. So my usual answer is that um, it's easiest to view the, the student union as being broken down into three separate parts. Okay. Um, and I see that as events, services, and advocacy. Okay. Um, so we run high quality, accessible events for all students. Um, we offer advocacy both internally, um, provincially and federally on behalf of students um, where they're official representatives as well as uh, offer 
at the UBSU at least, um, six essential services to, uh, to students. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you folks also have, you hire students as well. We do. Okay. We so do. How, how many students are hired by the UBSU? Um, I don't know the number and it, it kind of comes and goes every day because mm-hmm. we have office staff and mm-hmm. safe drivers, but it would be around 35, 45 okay. students. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that's that's a, a pretty impactful number. Yeah, Is definitely. It? It's, it always shocks people yeah, when I say yeah, it's in that range. Yeah, and then even even doing the work that that I do, it's like I always constantly talk about the the things that you folks are are doing on your campuses, and just seeing like the shock on people's faces because like mm-hmm. everyone only sees the events or right. like a week, and they think that's where the services stop. But it's so so complex and and it's so, so impactful. And ah, it's I I could I could talk about I, I could talk you about you love it. unions so much. I actually I, I I grew up in unions. Like yeah. my my whole family is heavily involved with unions. So I I definitely see the importance of unions. Right. Um, moving to Canada was the first time I actually saw a student union, okay. and actually saw young people actually you know having the opportunity to run a union. So that right. really that really impacted me. It's and, very unconventional. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't happen in any other setting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny when I was uh, on the UBSRC when I would go home and everyone's just like, you're, you're, you're an executive of a union? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, okay, this doesn't make sense. But it, it's a very impactful service and that was Molly in the background there. Um, a very impactful service to have for students, especially within like the post-secondary education sector. So we, we understand that you're the president. Mm-hmm. So why post-secondary education? Because you said you're from a small community. Where's this community to? Uh, sunny corner of New Brunswick. It's about half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Miramichi, which is already a small town. Yeah, so. yeah. And then for folks of you who don't know... Um, the layout of New Brunswick. Is that like on the north, right? Northeast. Yeah. Northeast. Okay. Yeah. So on the top of the province and then U and B. Like so, yeah. how so yeah. Walk how did me through yeah, how do you get here? Yeah. Um also probably an unconventional path to where I'm from. So yeah, like I said, I'm from a small town. Um grew up with the same forty people that I graduated with. Okay. Um I was from a a um, blended family so okay. m- my mom um, has myself and my brother mm-hmm. and then my stepfather has three sons so okay. I ended up being the youngest of five boys okay. um, and I'm the only one to go to university okay. so um, my family long history in the trades uh-huh. my, my stepbrothers and my, my brother currently work in the trades mm-hmm. um, but yeah when I'm growing up I was I was always academically inclined school is where I, I thrived I was just really passionate about learning and about mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. I remember being in kindergarten and other kids were, were going out playing sports and, and doing whatever. I go home and read every single night, <laughs> whatever I could get my hands on. I was mm-hmm. reading chapter books when I was like five and a half, six years old. Okay. Because I just loved knowledge and picking it up. Um, and I think I think my family kind of knew that I'd be going to university from mm-hmm. a young age just because mm-hmm. just school was my thing and I mm-hmm. liked it. Um, I felt like I belonged at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as time went on, um, getting to high school, I was kind of humming and hawing about what to do. I could see myself in, in almost any field. Okay. And it's kind of kind of different from other people in that they don't know what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was interested in everything. Mm-hmm. I debated if I wanted to be an engineer or a doctor or okay. a banker or anything. <laughs> I, was, I just wanted to do everything. Um, and I didn't want to silo myself at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. I was, I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking, man, like if I sign up for for 
a university program or a professional program or something. I'm kind of slotting myself into a, a specific path right now when I want to do so much. So mm-hmm. um, all that being said, I founded about the Renaissance College program mm-hmm. at UMB in fall of my grade 12 year. Um, and it's, it, was, it struck me as just an unconventional yeah. um, dynamic yeah. path through post-secondary. I, uh, yeah, I, like it's interdisciplinary, yeah, um, yeah. discussion-based, mm-hmm. community-based. You get a lot of experiential education out of it. And I kind of preferred that rather than, than being in the classroom for another four years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of, I'd done the classroom thing already. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah. to get into the community and yeah. see what I could do, put some of the things I, I'd learned throughout high school to, to work. So came to UMB. It's only two hours away. So uh, the, the homesickness was, was there. Yeah. Know, so yeah, close. Yeah. When I came, because I hadn't spent much time away from home at all before then. But uh, yeah, it was an easy adjustment, I would say, from okay. from small, small, small town New Brunswick to what seemed like the sprawling metropolis of Fredericton <laughs> at the time, which I realize now is another small town. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of how I got there. Okay, the there we go. So, we growing up for me, it it the I. It was you're going to post secondary education mm. like that was the thing you had to do. There was no ifs ands about about uh, and it, and it was either college, university, something like you had to right. go. Um, did you have that same experience or um, not so much? I wouldn't say. Okay. Um, my family's definitely very supportive of whatever I chose to do, but um, both my my mother and my stepfather um, didn't go to post secondary okay. right out of high school. They they went back to college both in their forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, the only post-secondary they have. So I think it just, I think other people's families, um, if their parents have post-secondary education, they see it as necessary. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. have another choice but mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to go to university. Um, but that wasn't the case for me. Okay. Uh, I think I was, I was sort of urged towards that path once it seemed like a viable option for me. Okay. I got to high school and I was still okay. able to perform and, and be competitive academically mm-hmm. um, at that level. Um, but no, definitely, it definitely wasn't forced. Um, okay. My family was really open to whatever I wanted to do and nice. it, was, it was my choice. Okay. Um, I researched my own programs. I picked what school I wanted to go to. I was kind of left free to do that. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, man, like, I wish I had some more help in this. It's kind of <laughs> hard. But I'm grateful for that now because I think it ended up with me doing exactly what I wanted to do, nice. being where I was supposed to be. Okay. There you go. So this whole system within New Brunswick's post-secondary education sector, um, I look at it as being like a very complex system. Mm-hmm. You know, you have universities, you have the government, you That's have right. colleges, you have Professor unions, you have student unions, you got everyone and the mom putting their opinions into the sector, yeah, yeah. and it can become very complex. Absolutely. And you know, we have seen, you know, with the previous administ- uh, pre- previous administration and the liberal government, they put like a lot of like emphasis on you know, allowing people who are first generations to you know become in the post secondary education, mm-hmm. and then with this new government where they are looking at a very much. A wide lands at GMB and like really crunching down the numbers, and you're seeing like a lot of you know pulling back when it comes to uh, student financial aid and the the funds allocated for post secondary education. With all of this tarps and turvy, you know, ups and downs. Like, what do you feel the state of post secondary education is in the province? I think, especially with the changes, recent changes to to financial aid, it's confusing and complex, mm-hmm. and students don't know where they stand within it mm-hmm. um, is the problem. I think, yeah, I think you, you put it correctly in saying that there's so many people with their hands in it and so mm-hmm. many people with varying opinions on how to do it right mm-hmm. um, that you end up with no one being satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, it just mm-hmm. feels contentious, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Um, working in it every day, that's the first thing I noticed is that a lot of disagreement, a lot of different ideas about how the system should be structured. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's unfortunate because yeah. I think I think post-secondary education can really be one of the foundational components of a strong provincial system, mm-hmm. a strong province. Yeah. Um, it is the future. Students are the future of the province in every way. So having so much contention and confusion within the uh, the sector, I think, does everyone a disservice. Yeah. Um, and I worry that not everyone sees that. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. see the bigger picture. So as a student who is, you know, I'm just here to do my degree <laughs> or my, my diploma yeah, yeah. or any type of thing, like, I, I don't care about what's happening. What do you tell the, what do you tell students who are just so confused about the system? Like, how can they get more educated or get more involved with the, with the system and understanding the work that, that you folks do? Yeah, no, for sure. That's been a huge part of our job um, since, since we came into office, my entire executive. I think we noticed very early on, we we're very aware of, I guess, the disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a big school it's great because you get the, a lot of student leaders to, to pick from. You have a great community of, of really engaged, involved students. Um, but you can kind of forget sometimes that the majority of students aren't those people. Exactly. The majority yeah. of the students, you know, they're they're traveling in, mm-hmm. staying at the school for eight hours mm-hmm. and going home. Mm-hmm. And they have lots of other interests and things going on. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the university is not the center of their life like mm-hmm. it is for, for myself and the people that I'd surrounded myself with for my first three years of university. So all that being said, I think the goal was to reach those people however we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it's been factual, concise, okay. um, showing evidence. So even on our own social media, it's just giving the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, when students were confused about the changes to tuition or financial aid and all of that, we're like, okay, we're doing our students a disservice if we don't just make this plain for them. So yeah. sent out a press release, we put together some some nice infographs and, and good documents and just gave that to students okay. um, and let, let them see the numbers for themselves. Um, other than that though, it's, it's hard because students aren't the most engaged with the media or the news. Mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. care so much. It doesn't mm-hmm. impact their life or they feel like it doesn't impact their life. So you can encourage students to, you know, like become the political junkie that I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Read the news every single morning and mm-hmm. stay up to date. But I realize, and you have to recognize that a lot of students don't care enough to do that. And mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. completely fine. They have mm-hmm. other interests and, and passions and things they're pursuing. So yeah, I think us as a union, just, just putting that out to students as easily as possible for them to access um, through things like social media or okay. word of mouth or whatever is, is how we've approached it and it seems okay. to be going well. So. Okay, there you go. So all these conversations about the state of post-secondary education, we, we, we sometimes forget that how we're actually paying for this and the mm-hmm. cost that actually goes into mm-hmm. it. And, you know, due to our wonderful constitution you know education is a a provincial jurisdiction so the province does put some type some funds or i shouldn't say some funds they they put a significant (laughs) amount (laughs) hundreds of millions (laughs) of uh of dollars into the post-secondary sector but then on the other side we have most of our public institutions running physical deficits yes so why do you think this is the case where you know you have on the one hand like these institutions have a significant amount of you know taxpayers dollars, but they're they're running deficits. Like what what do you what do you feel is the shortcoming there? Right, that's definitely a large complex question. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to give it my best shot, I think it does kind of come back to what you said earlier about the sector and universities themselves being complex, mm-hmm. bureaucratic, confusing institutions, and mm-hmm. I think that leads to a lot of a lot of complexity within it and. Making it just difficult to manage, you know, mm-hmm, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to run yeah. an institution to that size, I believe. Um, and I think things have been just going the same way for so long mm-hmm. that no one's kind of taken a hard look at where money's going within the university yeah. and, and questioned, okay, like, 
how can we do this in a yeah. sustainable yeah. sustainable way? Yeah. Um, I trust that UMB is working on it with their new strategic plan, and mm-hmm. I'll be active um, in advocating that financial sustainability is is a pillar of mm-hmm. that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's honestly just been a combination of oversight and okay. unwillingness to change. And yeah. Innovate. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a big old system. Yeah. And I think it innovates quite slowly, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. that leads to the financial structure also innovating quite slowly. Mm-hmm. I think. The unfortunate part about that is that it's become normalized for for universities to run deficits, yeah, um, or to to raise tuition when mm-hmm. when money is not coming in, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's unfortunate because you see students paying more, um, but the university not coming ahead either. So yeah. you, it's just this disconnect. Yeah, and then the government also not being satisfied with how much money they're giving to post secondary. Yeah, so you've got these competing interests, and no one's happy. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, no, uh, definitely with the the campaign that we're running through MBSA through yeah. your leadership, um, <laughs> with the "Don't Cut Our Future" campaign, like the the amount of testimonies that are coming out from students surrounding the the weight that that they have to endure to to in, to get their post secondary education mm-hmm. to be able to better them their better their lives is like one sector of it and then yeah. you hear universities who are are dealing with such old infrastructure and you know like i look at umb like that's the biggest university within within the province and how much um infrastructure and how much um staff and all yeah, those type yeah. of things that they have to deal with and then you know we have two small two smaller universities who kind of um linger within and we do have our, our Francophone University as well, and it's just such a, a complex system yeah. where it's it's looking at looking at it. It's just like, how do you even start? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, because uh, one thing that we're talking about is you know developing like a strategic vision for post secondary education within right. the province. So like, I have my ideas on how to develop this this strategic vision. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we would probably be similar in this because um, I think in a lot of ways we're both both systems thinkers, mm-hmm. um, design thinkers. We like to uh, take a step back from the, the minutia and, and view the system as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we don't have problems making wide sweeping changes if we see them necessary. And that's, that's I think, where the change will come. I think people need to be tasked, um, smart, capable, mm-hmm. innovative people need mm-hmm. to be tasked mm-hmm. with rethinking this entire system from, yeah. from uh, the top down and from yeah. the ground up. Um, and see what's important. Yeah. Um, getting their priorities straight. Um, setting a financial model that is sustainable, mm-hmm. that satisfies mm-hmm. um, everyone funding it um, in in an equitable way, as well as it serves students as best as possible. And yeah. Students can can guarantee on an affordable, high quality, accessible education mm-hmm. um, within mm-hmm. their province. Um, yeah, and I think it, it does take all the right people getting yeah. in the same room for long enough and yeah. thinking about the system. Yeah. Um, Identifying the gaps and then filling them. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just don't just leaving it out. Identifying mm-hmm. them. Um, but it's yeah, it's complex, and yeah. you need a lot of smart, capable people at the yeah. table when you make that decision. Yeah, so. like I I see the work that that you know that GMB did with the Future Ready uh, Future Ready MB initiative, mm-hmm. which is all about ex- providing experiential learning opportunities for individuals who are in the liberal arts mm-hmm. uh, programs. And as a person who's a part of this working group, it it's refreshing to see, you know, UMB, for example, be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot of money here. Let me step back and let's give money to St. Thomas and Mount Allison so yeah. their students could provide a quality um, experiential learning opportunity on their campus. Right. So I, I see the potential of this collaborative, you know, um, 
centric, like human centric approach to developing right. this system. Um, but it's just it's just how do, how do we get there and what type of people need to be at this table to start this conversation is is what I what, what I think about a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think there's yeah I don't think there's an easy answer, but mm-hmm. I think students um, need to be at the, the mm-hmm. front of it. I mm-hmm. think students have very interesting, unique, important perspectives yeah. on education, yeah. um, and I worry that sometimes those voices are, are devalued when the, mm-hmm. the bigger decisions are being made. But it's uh, people like like you like the MBSA, mm-hmm. um, like our wonderful student leaders on our campus that, mm-hmm. that can lead that charge yeah. um, and, and share their voice in those conversations. Um, as well as I think we need, we need government mm-hmm. officials that mm-hmm. are, are willing to work mm-hmm. with students, mm-hmm. um, willing to innovate, willing to look at where, where the gaps are and fill them. Um, and administration as well that wants to be collaborative yeah. um, and want to work across the campuses. I think you, you highlighted a good point um, with Future ADMB that we really saw collaboration between um, the province's universities in, in maybe a way that hasn't mm-hmm. happened recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's cool. I think it's easy. Um, and I mean, even students do it amongst ourselves yeah. to, to feel like we're competing with mm-hmm. the other universities in the mm-hmm. province. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all fighting against one another. Yeah. You know? we're, we're fighting for for students. And we're fighting for funding and all mm-hmm. of this. But I think when you take a step back and look at it, you realize that, you know, UNB, uh, Stu, Mount A, UDM, we all offer very, very different educational experiences exactly. that serve very different people. Exactly. Um, we all have our strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think allowing all of us to play to our strengths mm-hmm. um, and the, the government seeing that and, and yeah. allowing the universities to play mm-hmm. their strengths as well is uh, is when the province will thrive. Yeah. Um, when you have, could you imagine having having you know four institutions um, all all running at maximum capacity mm-hmm. and, and having high quality um, education offered at all yeah. of them, um, yeah. and having a lot of the problems that we're identifying today being being fixed? How amazing that would be for yeah. the province! Yeah. What our future would yeah. look like in New Brunswick? Yeah. It's uh, amazing to think about, and hopefully, I see it in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like that's like a. Like on a side tangent on about just like New Brunswick in general, like I I see the three major cities, you know, they compete against each other. Yeah, the absolutely. the north and the south compete against each other. Yeah. rural and urban compete against each other. But like the moment we you know take a step back and look at that whole system, and just like if everyone operate at their full potential, like yeah. like holy fuck, like w- <laughs> like wait to see that happen. And right? uh, like that's that's the vision I have, and you know. I, I, I tell people every single day this job is literally the hardest job I've had in my life mm-hmm. and the potential of a, like a vision and a strategic vision of what post-secondary education for New Brunswick looks like keeps me going right. like you know like I, I just can't wait for the day where um, we're actually I get that call being like okay so we hear what your students are saying um, how can we make this work right yeah so. Well, I'll say as a, as a board director, um, hearing you say that, um, hearing that come from my executive director is uh, very exciting yeah. to know that uh, you're motivated by, by the future of this province. Yeah, like it's, it, it's like I, I and, I, and I would admit when we, we first started to go down the road for our Don't Call Our Future campaign, like I, I was very, you know, hesitant to go down that road. But, you know, as we're here, um, you know, I I also I also made sure when I when I came into this world that I would not try like I will advise and provide information to the board, but I, I don't want to interfere with the vision right. of you know what, what a student run organization is, and uh, we're we're you know we're here we're in it, <laughs> and the the impact that I'm I'm seeing um, from these students voicing their concerns and voicing their hardship, mm-hmm. um, it's really making me now be like 
y'all need to fix your like you need to fix your shit like <laughs> it's uh like you're we're, we're putting a face to post-secondary education because like sometimes post-secondary education looks like as you know a elitist thing when mm -hmm. in actuality it's really not like you know yeah. Um, my parents were first generations going into university. Like you're now a first generation going to university, right. and the the impact that having any form of education, the what that does to you know uh, individual like education is the greatest equalizer, and th it just blows my mind that that we, we aren't more people aren't talking about the state of, of this sector. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think it is a more nuanced and wider conversation that has to be had. Mm -hmm. um, system-wide and province-wide. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day of what's happening on one campus or, mm -hmm. or what one administrator is up to or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Those are the stories that come out. Um, when in reality, I think there needs to be, be quality conversations had about the entire system in the province. And, mm -hmm. and I think you highlighted well earlier um, how exciting it is to think that one day every, every institution in the province could be running at, at yeah. max capacity yeah. um, at their full potential. And I think it really is a system um, where sort of as the tide rises, all the ships rise. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm, um, it's mm -hmm. not it's not a competition mm -hmm. amongst the province. It's uh, if if one if one area can do well, it can rise the other mm -hmm. areas up, mm -hmm. um, and that's what I want to see. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So we're we're talking about education. Where do you see students playing a role in creating the future of New Brunswick? Yeah, that's that's fascinating because. Um, you say students, and obviously they're students now, but they're not students forever. Mm -hmm. um, you're a student for a very short period of time, but I think the, the interesting part, in which you highlighted earlier, is it's also a very transformative time. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of go from really having no foothold in the world, or at least that's how I felt, mm -hmm. to uh, establishing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that, that's the goal for every student, um, in my mind, and that's what I want to see for every student, is them find their place in the world through mm -hmm. their time at, at UMB. Um, so, um, I guess with that being said, I think the role of students is to... Uh, communicate that that value to whoever is making the decisions um and saying that you know we're not just students we're not just people that are upset with how things are going right now we're, we're the future of this province mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. we're the workforce of tomorrow okay. the, uh, the leaders of tomorrow you know and uh yeah students i think have to realize that as well mm -hmm. um that yeah they're they're shaping the future and they, have, yeah. they should have a say okay in how that goes there you go yeah. all right so we're we're looking at all of this. So, how? What's some like general information that people need to know surrounding either student financial aid, the opportunities that you know that UMBSU provides, or stuff mm. that MBSA provides, or even CASA? Like, what? What yeah. are what are some things that that students could you know get involved with or should know? For sure, yeah. No, I'd love to uh, love to plug the MBSA because yeah. I know uh, KJ, you and I have had many conversations about how to. Uh, build the clout of the, uh, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. New Brunswick Student Alliance in some ways, um, get some more support from students. Not the students are unsupportive. I think a lot of students just don't know a lot about the MBSA. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I guess, the, the MBSA's fault yeah. in, in some yeah. ways yeah. in that we haven't been as upfront and, mm -hmm. and transparent and just able to to connect with students as uh, as equipment, but it's getting better. Mm -hmm. um, our social media has been mm -hmm. on fire this year, I would mm -hmm. say. People are buying into it. People mm -hmm. are, uh, are staying up to date with what we're doing. I get lots of questions about okay. Um, what's going on at the MBSA? So I think that's one way is to stay up to date with what the uh, the MBSA is up to. Mm -hmm. um, follow those social medias, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just just check it out. Stay involved in the conversations. You know, um, coming back to what's in, important um, surrounding financial aid. Um, obviously, we're running the Don't Cut Our Future campaign right now. Um, as Kid you mentioned before, I think he was a bit hesitant when I 
myself and my uh, my colleagues first had this idea. And I was like, child, like y'all about to give me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a bit spooky for us too, but we've had a good time. Um, but now we're seeing, I guess, two two or three weeks into the campaign, mm-hmm. um, that it's been impactful. Yeah, and it's been necessary. Yeah. And that students really had to uh, had to had to see this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've heard some great testimonies, as, as KJ said. So with that conversation, I guess what the campaign centers around. Um, this is good info as well. Um, in the in the spring, GNB cut a number of very important um, financial aid programs in the province, such as the uh, the free tuition program and the tuition for the middle class program. Um, changed this around into the renewed tuition bursary, which allows students to access far less in student financial aid across the province. Um, so our campaign hashtag Don't Cut Our Future has been uh, sort of focused at at highlighting those those changes for students, letting them know that they came and what the differences are now. So there's an educational piece to it, as well as the piece, I guess, more so directed at GNB being like, these are having real impacts on our campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing students that are much more uncertain or um, yeah, unsure about their, their financial stability than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came sort of overnight and that they, they really didn't see it coming. Um, I had a good conversation with my, my counterpart at UMB St. John, Patrick Hickey, mm-hmm. um, the UMB SRC president. Um, and he's concerned. He said it looks like even from the first month that there's some students that aren't back at, at UMBSJ and there's some okay. students that uh, their, their numbers are down for enrollment, he believes. Um, and he worries that this is tied to the changes in financial aid because UMB St. John is a, a campus that serves a lot of uh, students that, that are in financial need mm-hmm. and that uh, mm-hmm. would be accessing these these government programs. So, yeah, I think we just want to communicate that to the government and say that the post-secondary education is important and mm-hmm. funding it is important and providing... Mm-hmm. Um, money for students in need is important. Yeah. Um, as well as on top of that, we'd like to see a, a strong strategic vision from the government for post-secondary education. Um, again, so much uncertainty and confusion in, uh, in the sector and with the new provincial government having been voted in um, as of late, I think it's important that, that that administration sets their plans for post-secondary and, mm-hmm. and really shows how post-secondary education fits into the bigger picture mm-hmm. of the province mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. this province is going in the future. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen that yet, and mm-hmm. that's, that's upsetting for us. Yeah. You know, as, as student leaders, we try to uh, try to communicate to our students that, that good things are happening and that, that yeah. we're working for them and that we're able to make change, but it's really difficult to make change um, yeah. in a provincial system where the government doesn't really have a, 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 a way they're going yeah. post-secondary, yeah. you know? It'll be, and it'll be very impactful, because I don't even think, and I could be wrong, and I, and, you know, I could fact check myself on this, but from my understanding, I don't even think any government has developed a strategic vision for post-secondary education. Right. Yeah. Not to my knowledge. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So like that would be very impactful. You know, just as because like when you look at a, a, a PC government having like th- this government's very, I, I don't I don't get it sometimes. Like <laughs> like sometimes they they're like okay this is very PC like I I, I know what you're doing, but then they like throw a curveball. And I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, prime example was the population growth strategy that they just released. Um, You know, Minister Holder said in his opening statement, like, if you want money from the government and you don't have, like, uh, immigration and retention strategy within it or anything to do with, like, cultural competency, I don't want to come here. Mm. And I was like, okay. (laughs) All right, Trevor. (laughs) Like, where's this coming from? So it's, I I do feel that there is the, the potential to develop this this strategic vision, right. but is, is developing our allies and getting people talking about this. Absolutely, yeah. And I think as a student leader and as a, uh, a board director for the MBSA, my goal is always to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want students to have a seat at the table mm-hmm. and 
it's yeah, it's it's okay that the the plan's not right in front of us and fully polished right now. Yeah. Um, as long as we can sit down and and be a part of the conversation and making it and and yeah, letting letting the government know what we think are the priorities mm-hmm. for um, mm-hmm. for post secondary education in the uh, in the province and working with them to develop mm-hmm. the best plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is. It, when my term's up, if if that conversation's started and we're having those those discussions about a strategic vision and students are at the table and they're they're leading that conversation um, in collaboration with the government, um, I'd be over the moon. That would yeah. that would be a successful yeah. term in yeah. my mind. Yeah, um, it's always good to have one of those successful things. Like, yeah, like mine was international student healthcare. Okay, like that was like, all right, I I could walk away. So like I yeah. I, I hope this happens and I'm definitely going to try my best to make that happen for the benefit of the individuals that we do represent because it's it's needed. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's time. It's time, yeah. It's time. Okay, so we're coming to the end. We've talked a lot, and if folks have stayed this long, <laughs> thank you for listening to <laughs> our so chats <laughs> on uh, post-secondary education and public policy. Um, hopefully we're trying, we're, my, my whole goal with um, cat converse, catalyst conversation is like to make complex things sexy and digestible for people to understand. Right. One of the first things KJ, KJ said when I met him in uh, May, would have been yeah, early yeah. May, was uh, that this year we're going to make policy sexy. And uh, I think that was the, the moment I knew that we work well together. Yeah. And, uh, like, haven't proven wrong yet. If someone buys me <laughs> any type of swag that says making policy sexy. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get some th- shirts. That would make my day <laughs> so, so, so much. I would love that. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, so we're, we're ending. Where, where can people find the work that you're doing? How can people still be engaged with your organization and yourself? Yeah, 100%. Um, please follow us on social media. Like I said, um, it's I, it kind of sounds like an easy out to just say follow social media, mm-hmm. but it's honestly where all of our information is posted. So mm-hmm. it's the easiest way for you as well. Um, we're at UMBSU on Instagram. That's where we're most active. Or UMB Student Union on Facebook. Our VP Communications, Chantal Masterson, shout out to her, is a... Uh, Social media. She's a beast. She's a beast. Yeah. She's really a beast. She is a, a powerhouse for sure. Um, yeah, social media and design genius. Mm-hmm. Um, everything she posts is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Makes our brand look great. Um, and she's always posting, always updating what's going on. Um, yeah, so stay tuned to our, our stories on Insta, our posts, um, all of our events are on Facebook. So we're trying to be as transparent as possible this year. Mm-hmm. Not that teams have been in the past, but we're really just making that a priority. It mm-hmm. has been since day one. So pretty much everything we do is posted online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way. Um, our website, if you just want some info on to, on to like what the UMB Student Union is and uh-huh. does and who we are, um, we did a, a complete website revamp, or I guess Chantel did <laughs> a complete website revamp, shout out to her again, over the summer. Um, website's looking so clean, it's so nice. Um, so just poke around there for a bit and kind of see what we're up to. Um, yeah, same with the MBSA, stay up to date on uh, what we're doing as a board. It's really, really exciting, a really fun part of my job to collaborate with other bright student leaders mm-hmm. from around the province. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the coolest experiences of my life just to get to know these people and work mm-hmm. on such a, such a strong team. It's mm-hmm. kind of nuts when you uh, think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I get to work with all of these amazing, bright, talented individuals that are 20, 21 years old. You know, yeah. It's a yeah. very unique experience, and mm-hmm. I love I love working with the, the MBSA. So follow MBSA on, on social media as well. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, for all of you UNB folks, I try to, uh, try to be around as much as possible mm-hmm. on that. Most events, I would say, that go on on campus, um, as well as my office is in the sub, room 119. I gave um, in all the information. Yeah, please come <laughs> hang out. Please come hang out. I'm always in there. I love to... It's, it's on the website as well, so <laughs> not afraid to share. Um, and I walk around the sub whenever I uh, I need a break from work. So if you see me, just give a wave and we can chat. Um, yeah. Okay. Same, I'm well, thanks for coming, Craig, to the show. Like, I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, as always, peace and love. <laughs>